the 27th of September, 2007, episode 87. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. We're going to be going business casual on the podcast today. Uh, I know I've been throwing some softballs lately as far as content, but I have just been slammed up to my ears in all kinds of work and, and trying to get things done for this podcast. So we're going to kind of do the same thing. What I want to do is I wanted to go on the forums and uh, I don't do this enough. Go back and look at what some people are asking for as far as topics and try and maybe answer some of those, uh, at least in in a little bit, a little bit of the show. There was a couple of other things I wanted to bring up, some that maybe we've covered a little bit before, but not maybe not in the same way. And, and those are uh, your workstation setup. It's been something that's been talked about on the forums lately, and I thought it was a pretty cool topic. And also um, a question about schools and graduate school, mainly like going back to school after you already have a degree. Is it something that's right for you? Is it something that's going to get you ahead in your job? Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit, but like I said, just kind of picking some other topics off of the forums there and we'll talk about that. So that's what we're going to do today. So like I said, this is kind of the uh, fly by the seat of your pants version of the podcast. Um, We're just going to kind of pick things out and talk about them. For our news section, again, uh, another reminder that the news section kind of has shifted over to the website. If you go to rookiedesigner.com, just the main page there, there is a news blog, and I'm trying my best to put up you know, at least a couple of articles every couple of days, things that I think would be interesting to you. Most of them are from other feeds that I read, but um, I think they're important things or things that I think are pretty cool or relevant to what we do. So check out all the news up there. Uh, as far as news for the podcast, that will still be here. And uh, let me just say right off the bat, thank you for joining me. Thank you for subscribing or for listening to this one podcast. Uh, if there's any new listeners out there, I hope you enjoy what you hear here and go back and check out some of the archives. You can find everything at rookiedesigner.com. Uh, there's a whole navigation full of things waiting for you there. I wanted to remind that in the support tab, if you go to support, you're going to find there's a little blue box that says free downloads. And there's all kinds of templates in there. And one of them is the template for a freelance design contract. I think I have some people still catching up from the older podcasts that don't know that this is here yet. So if you do hear this, you can go there and just download it yourself. Uh, In the past, I was actually sending it out to people via email, but you can go and get that yourself right now. Uh, Another announcement is the contest. And no, I don't have that much more detail about this. Um, you can get a jump start on entering the contest by taking the survey. And you find the survey also on the support page. When you go to that page, at the very top it says, let us know what you think. And then right below that, there's a big blue button that spans across the whole box there. It says, take the survey now. When you click on that, it should open up a survey and uh, you should be able to fill that out to the best of your ability and give me some information about yourself and how you listen to this podcast. And that would be really, really helpful for me. And it will automatically enter you into the contest. Now, I had some problems. Somebody was telling me uh, that the type was really, really small. Uh, They were on a laptop, I believe. And I had that same problem. I went and looked at my work laptop, and it looked really bad. It was hard to read. So I did go in and fix that. So hopefully everybody will be able to read this just fine. 
and uh, take that survey for me, please. Cause again, it'll help me to, to figure out like what you guys need, what you're looking for out of the podcast and make it that much better for everyone else. Uh, as far as the details go again, not too many yet. I, I haven't picked out the grand prize. I think I'm going to have a grand prize that, you know, is pretty valuable and maybe something that, that isn't a luxury that everyone would spend the money on, but it's going to be something good. I'll tell you that. And it's going to relate. It's going to be something you can use with your computer and make your designing uh, more fun and, and easier for you as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I can tell you that I do have a ton of books to give out. I've been doing all these book reports. I've been getting books from from uh, O'Reilly and from SitePoint and uh, giving reviews for those, but I have free books now. So I'm going to be giving a bunch of those out. I do have another instructional DVD from the people at NAP. So I'll be giving that away as well. And hopefully some other things will be thrown in the mix as well. So please, um, this is this is going to be my big giveaway because I really, really want you guys to take the survey. Um, if you're not interested in the prizes, please, you know, if you have five or 10 minutes, take the survey anyways and just throw your name in the hat and who knows, maybe you'll win something cool. Uh, whether you want it or not. Uh, regular programs is always the UShare program is where I ask listeners out there if you have a capability of recording something and you want to share your own topic, you want to pose a question for, for the podcast, go ahead and record something, send it to me. It can be any format you want. Uh, just put your thoughts down on uh, MP3 or AIF or Wave and, and send them off to me. I'll be happy to play them on the show and give my comments. Uh, the other is the tell a friend program. And I definitely want to encourage everybody to tell anybody you think can benefit from this podcast. If they don't know what podcasting is, maybe uh, school them on that as well. Tell them how to subscribe, but just get, get people interested in this thing so that I can continue to, to create good content and uh, keep putting these podcasts out. And uh, that's definitely the goal here. And we can build this community of people to to share with each other in, and we'll all be better designers for it. So I really, really appreciate all your help. I know a lot of people have done this already, but I ask you always to just keep that in the back of your mind. If you meet somebody else that does design, maybe mention that you listen to this podcast and maybe that they should as well. I think that's about it for announcement. Actually, I had one more. I found this on the forum and I thought I'd throw it down because it sounds pretty cool. Uh, one of our posters here with the name of Wets put up a post about a, a design contest. And it says you can win $100,000 in scholarships at the International Academy of Design and Technology. So this got me uh, wondering what that was. So I went and checked out that website. Um, let me tell you the contest site first is at visualdiner.com. That's visualdiner.com. Um, the International Academy of Design and Technology looks a lot like the school that I went to. It's, uh, they have degree programs there. It's pretty much all for designers. They have all kinds of different design things here. Uh, computer graphics, interior design, fashion design, marketing, advertising, game and design and development, multimedia. So it, it reminds me a lot of the school that I went to. It's definitely a trade school. They specialize in that. Looks pretty cool. And, and uh, if you're still trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to pay for school, well, maybe this is a good way, a good step in the right direction. Maybe throw your, uh, throw your hat in the ring there and try and win something. It does have also some some very good sponsors backing it. it looks like Adobe is a sponsor of it as well, and uh, some other great sponsors. So check that out. Again, that's visualdiner.com. 
And I will put that in the show notes as well at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. If you want to check that out, or if you're a member of the forum, which I hope you are, uh, it is posted. The title of it is aspiring designers compete for a hundred thousand dollars. And that is, I believe in the questions. Let me double check that. Yeah. If you go under general discussion under questions, it'll be in there. So definitely check that out. All right. Last thing is this podcast is being brought to you by GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting is a great way for you to save a lot of money when you have to meet with people. And maybe you got to actually show them something on your computer. Kind of like right now, I just have to explain it to you. But if we were doing this over GoToMeeting, I would be able to host a meeting with a click of a button. You would be able to log in through an internet browser and I could show you stuff right on my desktop. Kind of like we do on App Clinic, uh, which is... Formerly, quick tips for designers. Let me just throw that in. But um, it's it's just a great way if you have to show somebody some work and, and you want instantaneous communication about what's going on there. Maybe they need to give you some some direction with how you're going. It's great because you don't have to send something off to them and wait for it to come back to you. You can talk to them right then and show them what you're doing. Um, you only have to pay once. You pay one fee. You don't pay per hour. You don't pay per minute or per meeting. You pay one fee and have as many meetings as you want. And uh, again, save you a lot of money and those that you are meeting with as well, because they don't have to find a way to get to you. So if you want to try that out, it's free for 45 days. Just go to gotomeeting.com slash podcast. That's gotomeeting.com slash podcast. And you can try that out. It's definitely a cool piece of software. And I highly recommend that you give it a try. All right, to start this uh, show off, I wanted to jump into the forums here. If they, if you don't know it already, if you're not a member of the forums, again, please sign up because it's great. There's a lot. There's about almost 300 people up here that you can talk to, share your ideas with, and it's just a great community of people. Uh, we don't have any of these people that like to put other people down like some uh, forums out there do have. We have all great, great people, so check it out. There is in the... Uh, Let's see, it's in Rookie Designer. It's in that folder. There's one called What Do You Want to Hear About? And this one's been around for a while. It's got four pages now. Um, just kind of for you to throw ideas out there of what what we should talk about on this show. There's been some things up here for a long time. I know uh, kind of neglect it sometimes. Some of them I've actually pulled off and put on my list and I just haven't got to them yet. But there's some up here that, that are kind of quick. I think we can actually run through kind of quickly. And I wanted to uh, go through those. First one says, I would love to hear some info on freelance project management. How do you start a project? And I just want to address this because I'm not sure when this, when this went up. Uh, I actually respond to it, responded to it saying it was a great idea. And I did actually do, um, I can't remember. I think I did it all in one episode, but I, I did a start to finish how I go through the steps that I go through on a freelance project from, you know, actually getting the project and going and talking to the client uh, which of course is the first thing you got to figure out what what the scope of the project is, what the uh, what the purpose of the the project is, and then you actually get into you know planning and um, actually production of the project and all those things. So I did. If you go back through some of the older ones, you will find that I did uh, some episodes on a start to finish freelance project. So hopefully I answer any questions in there. If I didn't, uh, please please feel free to post another uh, comment up in this forum in this particular area 
or send, shoot me an email or something if there's something specific that you'd like me to speak to on that. Okay. The next one is, says, in my within my network of design friends, there has been a lot of discussion about the hiring of career coaches. I was curious what your take is on that and when do you think that becomes something someone might want to do? Um, career coaches. I kind of uh, went over this as well. We did the uh, we did the podcast about mentors, and my take on that was kind of it's it's a great thing to have. I think if you have the opportunity to have that, and and it can come in many different ways, shape, and forms. A career coach to me sounds a little more like a, a counselor or somebody that's actually they're there for that kind of like when you're in high school. And you got your counselor there and they're going through, they meet with you every week and they're going through, okay, what are we going to do to get you into a college? You know, what kind of path do you want to go on? That sounds a little more like that to me. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't had any experience with a career coach myself, but it sounds like somebody that's a little more in depth with you like that. Uh, When I think of a mentor, it can be somebody like that for sure, but it can also be just maybe a, a coworker or an art director that you work with very closely and they're kind of helping you grow into a certain kind of designer. They're pushing you in a certain direction and it's kind of the same thing. Uh, You're learning things from them on the way, but you know, a career coach to me, again, sounds a little more like a counselor that's going to put you, they figure out where you want to go, what you want to do with your career. And they're going to basically lay out a plan for you to get there in a certain amount of years or, you know, whatever it might be, they're just going to make sure that you're on the right path, getting to that destination that you want to be at. Um, do I think that's a good thing? Absolutely. If you know somebody that can do this for you, I think it's a great thing to do. Now you get into the thing where are you actually hiring somebody to do this for you? Well, then I think it comes into question a little bit. How much do you need this? You know, are you just starting out? And uh, you think you need this for to get your career going? Uh, it could help. It could not. You know, in in some cases, maybe a headhunter would work better for you just to get in the business and start working. Uh, I, I'm not saying that it's a bad idea, but when you first start out, things are going to be hard no matter what. When you have no experience, as just the way this business is, it's going to be very hard for you to get a job or a good job, anyways. And uh, you're just going to have to struggle through it for a little while. And once you have a couple of years under your belt, then things are going to be much easier. And that's the point. I think maybe it would make sense to have a career coach or have somebody helping you get to that next level, get that that good uh, advertising agency job or something like that. So that's my take on that. Uh, not knowing much about it, but um, again, it really it really depends on, you know, are you paying for it? That's when I start to say, okay, is this something that I really need? Is this something that's really going to progress my career in the direction that I want it to go? If it is, then absolutely it's worth the money. Uh, if you're not so sure about that and uh, you don't really have the the cash to lay down for it, that's when you might have the question about that. So um, again, anything that I'm talking about right here, I'm just kind of trying to bang them out real quick. If anybody wants to hear more about this, subject in, in in general or specifically anything specifically about it, uh, please just write in again uh, because this one was from last year. <laughs> so uh, again, I've been lagging a little bit. Sorry about that. But 
if you want to hear more about it, please write in and, and let me know. And I will do a little more research and, and talk a little bit more in depth. Next one is I got a topic that is in relation to the time. And again, this is an old one, but it says taxes. What do you need? How do you know what to claim as a freelancer, etc.? I have answered this before and I'll answer it again as we're kind of getting, eh, not too close, but we're getting closer to the end of the year. So it's going to be coming around again. Get somebody to do your taxes for you. This is not something to mess around with because especially as a freelancer owning your own business, there are tons and tons of deductions that you can make that will bring your taxes down. And there's no way that you can know how how to do all this by yourself. I have a tax person myself. Um, you're supposed to pay quarterly. I actually haven't been doing that this year. I've just been kind of saving it. So I will have the money to cover myself. But uh, basically, I'm just going to use him once this year. He charges me a couple hundred bucks to do all my taxes. And it is well worth it because he saves me lots of money. And uh, everything gets done right. And it just so happens that my my business is kind of lumped in with my own taxes as well, because I use my, my social security number instead of getting a tax ID. So it's kind of nice for me because I get all my taxes done at the same time. But uh, either way, you definitely, definitely want to have uh, somebody doing your taxes for you because that's their job. You know, think about this, you know, people saying, oh, I can just do this flyer myself. I don't need to hire somebody or I can make my own business cards. I don't need to hire a designer. You know, I can do what they do. Okay. You hear that a lot, right? And you don't like it. Well, think about yourself trying to do the tax man's job, the, the tax preparer's job. Uh, you don't know how to do that as well as they do. So let them do their job, pay a little bit for it and you'll get a lot more out of it. So uh, I think that's uh, the best advice I can give on that one. Let's move on to the next one. How about a show that explains a bit of the terrible consequences of time slip-ups due to your fault, the clients, or both? How do you put that into your contract so it's on paper? What will happen if the target date is not accomplished? You know what? That's an excellent, excellent one. That comes from uh, Marco, who actually I haven't heard from in a while, but he was very, very active on our forums for a while. I'm actually going to write this one down right now. Um, that, that is a great topic. And I talked a little bit about it when I was talking about, um, contracts before, sorry, I can't write and talk at the same time for some reason. When I talked about contracts before I talked about putting in a clause about not meeting deadlines. And one thing you want to do is kind of cover your ass on things like, let's say you get sick. And I don't mean like you go out and party and you don't feel so good the next day. You got a two day hangover and you just don't feel like doing work. Obviously that's, it's not going to cover you on that. Uh, and, and I would hope that you wouldn't take advantage of that situation and just say that you're sick. But let's say you start a project. It's like a, maybe a two, three week project. It's a pretty big one. And for some reason you come down with mono in the middle of it and you just, you, you're bedridden. You can't work on anything. That needs to be in there. And that's in my contract. And again, you know, go to rookiedesigner.com, uh, click on the support link there at the top and you can download my contracts. But anyways, I have something in there that says, you know, if something happens that's beyond my control, such as I get sick or if I get injured or something like that, then I'm not held responsible for not making that deadline. It's just something that, you know, they agree to. 
And it, you really kind of find out if people actually read your contract as well, because, you know, they could be, they could be agreeing to stuff that they don't even know that they're agreeing to. And that's, that's their tough luck. That's their fault for not reading it. Uh, if they're not comfortable with that, then they won't sign the contract and either you can renegotiate the contract or you can just not work for them. But I mean, everybody I think is pretty okay with that. Now, if it's something that just absolutely has to get done by a certain date, you know, maybe, maybe they won't hire you, but you need to have those things in there to cover yourself. Uh, as far as, uh, slip ups, I'm not sure what time slip ups mean, uh, things that are your fault. I think you really have to cover it and and whether that means actually, I, it really depends on what you can do there. I mean, it depends on the client. Maybe you can do some extra work for them for free. Uh, you might get into a situation where you're having to refund money. It really depends on what they're demanding from you. But you, if you mess up and, and you don't make the deadline, you're, you're really on the hook for whatever they want to get out of you. If you want to keep that customer and you, you don't want somebody out there talking bad about the fact that you cheated them out of their money, then you pretty much got to do what you can to, to make that situation better. Uh, the other one that's covered in my contract is, uh, missing a deadline because of something that's the client's fault. And that's basically not getting things back to me when I ask for them, uh, not, not getting back to me, you know, with approvals or anything like that, in a timely fashion, those things can definitely kill a project. And, and this doesn't totally make it so that you don't have to do your job still. I mean, if somebody's lagging, getting stuff back to you during a project, you have to keep emailing them or calling them and letting them know, Hey, if you don't get this back to me, you know, within this certain amount of time, then this project is not going to meet its deadline. You still got to do that. Even though it's still in the contract, I mean, you still need to get on them because again, remember this isn't the only focus, especially smaller companies. If it's, you're dealing straight with a president somebody like that, they have a million other things to do as well. So you need to keep reminding them, Hey, I need this from you uh, or else we're not going to hit that deadline, but you do want it in the contract as well, just to make sure that, that they know if, if something is their fault, then they have nothing to say about it. If you miss that deadline because they took three weeks to get back to you on something, then obviously that's their fault and they have nothing to bitch about. All right. Next one. This is about contracts too. How about a contract show? Have we had one kind of like the things you should add, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We talked about that before. And again, I'll just kind of tell you to go and pick up that contract that I have. Check it out. If you think some things are missing or there's something, some other things you want to talk about, about contracts. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a professional contract writer. I grabbed some things off the internet that I saw and, uh, thought about what's important to me. What, what, what things do I tend to run into on a job that can make things go horribly wrong and let me cover my ass on those things. So, uh, that's kind of how I formulated mine. But if you want to talk further about that, I absolutely have no problem with that because it's, it's really, it's really one of the most important things when you're freelancing, you have to get that contract signed. You have to make sure that, that you're covered in all cases you know, and there's lots of different things that we've talked about regarding the contract, you know, who owns what artwork, you know, at what different stages of it, or are you releasing all the rights to your artwork to the client? 
And then, you know, all the way to things like this, this time situation where if you're not meeting deadlines, so there's lots of things to cover in there. You just got to think about what you need. And of course, it's going to be different for, for different projects. I mean, it could be completely different for a print project, uh, or a web project, you know, there, there's different things that go into those projects. So uh, you really got to think about, again, what do you need to, uh, what do you need to define so that you don't get painted into a corner? Looking through the next ones. Uh, this one about picking a school. I've been getting this one for a while. And I think I should probably address that in a different show. Just real quick, though. Um, you just you got to do your research, I think, when you're picking a school. Now, I've told you a little bit about my school, which was kind of a trade school or a technical academy, you might call it, because all they do is design there. They do all, all different kinds of design and, uh, there, there's many different things that you can go into. And I've talked about the, the pluses and minuses of my school. Uh, my school was very kind of open. Like I said, they, they taught us lots of different things. We didn't really specialize on one thing. Uh, I think you find more if you go to, uh, art Institute, I think those ones have programs where you're really kind of concentrating on one area. You will get kind of that overview. And this is just uh, speculation from what I've heard from other people. I did not attend there. I did go and check it out though. That's, that's a school I almost went to. Uh, it was a little pricey for me and I was about to move to a different state. So it just, it just kind of didn't work out. And then I found the school that I went to, but, uh, those ones from what I've heard are a little more specific. They'll, they'll, give you that, that basis, that, that grounding of what you need. And then they'll take you into a certain program and you're really focusing on, on a particular job or particular career. I think there's advantages to both sides of that, you know, being really specialized as we've talked about in the past is, is a very good thing sometimes. Um, but I also think it's good, especially if you're going to do something like in-house work, like I do, or if you're going to do freelance work, it's good to know several different things too, because you can, uh, you can kind of wear a lot of hats and get a lot of things done, which is helpful when you are the only person doing it, or maybe one of just a few people doing it to bring those extra skills, I think can really uh, help out and really help you make extra money. If you're on your own freelancing, that's all I'll say about that right now. Uh, again, I'll, I'll write that one down as uh, need to cover again. We also have, let's see, it looks like right here. If you want feedback for art schools, one of the, one of the members has actually offered to give some information on that. So if you go to this again, it's in the rookie designer category and it's called, what do you want to hear about? If you go to the last page on that, uh, you can ask questions about that and somebody else is willing to give their information, which is what I love about the forum. Uh, it's not just people listening to me all the time. I'm not uh, all knowing by any means. So I like to hear other people's opinions as well. And the more people's opinions you get, I think the better decision you'll be able to make. You know, if you hear about people that went to all these different kinds of schools, that's really going to help you make a better decision than if you just maybe go to the websites and check out their brochures. So uh, a great way to figure out those things. Uh, here's one I could use some help with file organization in websites or even on your own computer. I'm sure people have many different ways on what they do to keep their files in order. 
This is one uh, I did a whole episode on as well. This one I think was pretty old though. It might be in the archives. And again, for the archives, go to rookiedesigner.com as well. And there is an archives button at the top navigation. So check that out. And uh, you should be able to find it in there, hopefully. I think the first 20 don't really explain what they are. Maybe it was the first 10. But after that, I think it got pretty good. So see if you can find it. If not, uh, shoot me an email or post something else up here again. This one, when is this one from? This one is the 6th of June. So that one's pretty old too. All right, so I've been slacking a little bit. Anyways, uh, yeah, if you want to hear more on that, then definitely you know, drop me a message some, some way and uh, I'll do something on that again. But we did go through it pretty thorough, I think, because that's, that's a big thing with me. I am, I like to be meticulous in how I store my files and how I organize everything. It really makes a difference when you're trying to find something. And that's what basically the whole conversation was about. Don't make it so that you can't find stuff because you're going to waste time trying to find it. And that's time that you could spend designing something and making money. So keeping things very organized, I think, is, is a very important thing to do. I know there's people that have, a, have trouble with that. It kind of comes naturally to me. I'm a little bit anal retentive like that. But I have known the people that, you know, you look at their desktop and there's like 50 million different things on their desktop, different documents and whatnot. And they go to all kinds of different projects. And it's just, you can't, you can't work that way. It's just... It's, it's not going to help. So, uh, all right. I kind of just did the last two pages of that form, but uh, I thought we got some good stuff out there. And uh, we'll move on to the next thing right after this. The keys to the game. For a key command today, I'm going to go back to the OS. And uh, of course, we're going to talk about both OSs, but since I've been working in code, one thing I find that, that's a little bit handy is not having to go over to the mouse or go over to the tablet and place the cursor somewhere or you know select a bunch of type. So this is one thing that, that really helps me out is being able to select type very quickly and doing it with a keyboard. So on the Mac, we're going to hold down Option and Shift and use the arrow keys. And you notice if you keep hitting the arrow, it will select the next word and then the next word and the next word. And you can actually highlight a whole line of text or just you know a certain part of the line very quickly to be able to delete it or change it to something else or what have you. Uh, on the PC, you can do the same thing. This time you're gonna hold down Control and Shift and use the arrow keys back and forth to select or deselect the text. Uh, just something that helps me out in my code and maybe it'll help you out too. All right, for the second half of the show, I wanted to touch the, the couple of topics that I mentioned at the very beginning of the show. The first one was I had a question. Let me go find this. This is something I've been kind of lacking on lately. Somebody asked me a question, I write it down and I forget who it's from. So let me uh, go back and see if I can find it. Anyways, the question was, is it worth it to go to graduate school? And then again, I want to say that, that this topic is very much like a lot of the topics that we talk about on here. It's kind of like, is it right for me? Well, it can be right for you and not right for someone else. It really just depends on the situation you're in what you think it's going to do for you. And it's really just a judgment call. It's something that you have to kind of decide for yourself. 
And I don't want to spend all day looking for this, but man, I'm just I've just been blowing it lately with this. So, anyways, uh, my take on this one, like I said, kind of like all the other stuff. Is it good to go back to graduate school? Absolutely. You're going to learn tons of new stuff. I mean, you can only learn more. I, I definitely have always stood behind more education, whether it be going back to school, whether it be reading books or taking tutorials, going to seminars. You, you absolutely have to keep learning. And a lot of the stuff that you learn will be relearning stuff that you learned maybe a couple of years ago, just because in, in this uh, career path, things change so quickly that you have to do it. So in that regard, yes, I mean, it's great. But I mean, we're talking about graduate school here. We're talking about bigger themes, uh, different, different ways of learning, different ways of designing, uh, different ways of interacting with your audience. You're going to be learning a lot of different things. Uh, obviously, I don't know because I haven't done it. I just have my bachelor's. But I, I can only imagine, you know, they're not going to be teaching them the same stuff over and over again. So I have to imagine that, that things are going to get more in depth and you're going to be learning things that, that will help you get jobs as, you know, a manager of, of several people, of art directors, uh, the higher up level things where you really need to know your stuff, where you're not just kind of going on pure talent and, and designing. Although I'm sure, you know, of course, a lot of it is going to go back to principles of design and, and how to effectively capture your audience and all these things that we talk about all the time. But it's also going to be those things that, uh, that allow you to become one of those higher up people. So, you know, if this is where you're wanting to go and you want to kind of fast track it, I, I think definitely it's something that you should think about. You can for sure, start somewhere as a production artist and work your way up to art director. It's probably going to take you a good few years or maybe like 10, depending on where you are and, and what the turnover is there and uh, what your talent level is and how much you're committed to maybe managing people or uh, really taking control of the operations there. But I look at that uh, graduate degree as, as something that, that will really kind of fast track you. Kind of like in the business world, everybody seems to be getting their MBA these days, and an MBA kind of shoots you up, shoots you up the ladder to 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 management or upper management, or at least at least gives you a raise because you now have that extra knowledge above what everybody else knows, and uh, it it gives you kind of a, a stepping stone to to maybe leapfrog some other people that were at the same level as you before. And this is how I see this: Is it right for everybody? Well, you can't make a blanket, blanket statement like that. And uh, some people, this isn't what they want. Some people maybe are happy being a production artist. And that's certainly possible. Some people, uh, like I said, may just work for years and years and work their way up there eventually and, and just use the knowledge that they have from being in the in industry that long. And that's fine for them as well. Uh, some people just yearn for that and need to get there right now. Some people love going to school. I always loved going to school and, and maybe you just, you want to keep it going. You want to learn as much as you can. Definitely right for those people as well. But I don't really think you can say it's, it's, it's right for everybody or it's wrong for everybody. It's just kind of the situation that you're in and, and what you want to accomplish in your career and how fast you want to accomplish that. 
and uh, how much how much time you're willing to give out, how much commitment you have to to the goals that you've set for yourself, and really, and this can be a whole other topic in itself. Goals is where it's at. I mean, you need to set goals for yourself. Where do you want to be in five years? Uh, where do you want to be eventually? Uh, you don't even have to be on a time schedule. What do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to go? And you, you really have to keep asking yourself that question. You really need to know the answer to that one. Uh, you don't always have to know it now, but you you got to have a pretty good idea. Otherwise, you're going to be trying to split yourself in you know too many directions and things. Everything's just not really going to work. So try and set goals for yourself. And then that'll give you a little more clarity into what you need to do to get to those goals. I said the same thing with uh, the certification tests. Certification tests, they have them for all the Adobe products. They have them for Apple products. Do you need to do this? Well, you know, it's going to teach you a lot about the applications that you use. That's for sure. When you put it on a resume, you know, some people might think that's impressive. Some people might not give two craps about it. So it's really a decision for yourself. Do you want to spend the money, A, the time studying, the the money and time taking the test? Uh, it's really up to you. You know, it makes sense in some situations and others it doesn't. So it's just one of those personal decisions that I think you kind of got to make on your own. The last thing on the list here is uh, one of the topics that's been going around, and I thought it was a pretty cool one. I'm glad they came up with it, whoever it was. Let me go find it so I don't completely blow this whole thing. It says, describe your work environment. And this is also in the questions uh, category. And this one was by Delecky Design. I thought this was great, not only because it kind of it gives you a feel for the person I mean, we, I did a whole podcast before about uh, your setup, your workstation, and how it relates to ergonomics and how it relates to uh, the, de- the te- deterioration of your body. Um, I said, you know what? Your chair is key. You got to have a great chair. And again, I'll point out that some of you, uh, probably most of you out there are pretty young and might be snickering at that. Not that I'm... Uh, calling myself an old man, but when you get a little bit older, things break down a little bit easier. And when you're sitting for hours and hours and hours in a chair, staring at a computer, things like posture are very, very important. You can really, really mess up your back by, by not having good posture in your chair, by not having a good chair that promotes good posture. So these types of things are very important. Uh, this whole topic though, isn't really about that. This is more about what's in your workspace. You know, what does it look like? What kind of uh, equipment do you have or what kind of knickknacks do you have on your desk? And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Real quick before I jump into this, though, let me just say the other thing that I thought of, and I don't think this was covered in the first one, is germs. And one thing that I find, I, I clean my keyboard about, I don't know, maybe once every three weeks or once a month, which is way too long. I clean, I have one of those white keyboards, you know, like, used to come with the Macs and you can kind of see the dirt collecting on it, which is a good uh, indicator that it's time to actually clean the damn thing. I think I just use rubbing alcohol on mine to uh, clean the the keys off and stuff. But man, that, that is just a breeding ground for all kinds of just disgusting stuff. And, and one thing I'll say to you 
anybody that's in school that's been in computer labs probably knows this already, but that is probably the only times I ever got sick going to school was because of, you know, picking up somebody else's germs off that keyboard. Now at work or at home, you're probably the only one that uses the keyboard. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you let your uh, significant other on it once in a while, but probably most of us don't. Um, keep that thing clean, man, because it is, there's just so much bacteria on that thing. And you think about it, you're touching it every day. Maybe, you know, I'm the type of person that eats lunch at my desk and works in between bites. So you really got to be aware of that stuff. Um, all right. On the lighter subject though, what's in your, what's in your workstation? What's in your work area? And I heard a lot of, uh, clutter on the desks. Uh, mine actually was about my, my work area at work is in a cubicle and probably there's, there's other people out there that are the same. We kind of have this big cubicle farm. So there's just people all around me. Um, this can really be kind of important. I think it's important to put things around you that kind of warm up the place a little bit. I'm sitting in this little cube, like teal colored, ugly cube. You know, they have that kind of weird, almost carpet material on them. And it's, it can really be uninspiring. You know, I have the freedom that I actually get to go home and work sometimes pretty much uh, whenever I want actually, which is great because it's good to get out of that thing with the, the cubes and the, the, uh, fluorescent lighting. It's just, it, it's very drab. It makes things just, it makes the day seem worse. You go outside and it's sunshiny outside and you almost feel renewed when you get out there because you're out of this, just, I I don't even know what to call it. It's just so depressing in there sometimes. So I think it's good to have pictures around little knickknacks. I I said, I actually have this little Barbie head. It's the kind where you actually, the the little girl will get the Barbie head and you can do her hair and stuff. Well, I, I won one of those at a Christmas party. We have the white elephant gifts. And, uh, I proceeded to draw the Gene Simmons kiss makeup on the doll with a a black and silver Sharpie. So that's my kind of contribution to the, the office, but we have lots, lots of cool little knickknacks around the office. And, uh, I think it really helps liven up your area there. Instead of just staring at this drab crap, you have something nice to look at to maybe, uh, I don't know, take a little break and enjoy, you know? One thing I will stress with that though, you don't want to put anything, any kind of bright colors right behind your monitor because it will distract you. It will make colors look different. Uh, Of course, colors are already going to probably look different if you're in a cube with fluorescent lighting overhead. But, you know, if you have something that's bright red or bright pink right behind your monitor, it can really mess with your eyes and, and make what you're looking at on the monitor look that color. On that same token, I always try and keep some kind of uh, neutral gray I don't put, you know, some people put like some scenic picture on their desktop. Uh, I try to keep it a neutral gray just to make sure that it, again, it's not when, if I'm trying to do color correction or something like that, I don't want any other colors seeping into my eyesight to, uh, to sway it one direction or the other, uh, clutter on the desk. These, I don't want to stereotype here, but these are usually the people that have the clutter on their desktop as well. Um, just papers and crap all over their desk. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of guilty of this at times, but I at least get all my crap and I put it off way off to one side. So I don't have to look at it. If you're looking at a cluttery desk, it can be a very big distraction as well, because you're like, Ooh, well I need to, 
straighten this up a little bit. While you're right in the middle of a project, you should be working on it. You're actually, you know, cleaning up your desk. So uh, some people are just like that and it doesn't bother them at all. So, you know, more power to you if you're like that and nobody else cares that your desk is a mess. But uh, I think sometimes it can be a distraction and it can also, you know, make you feel cluttered in, in your thoughts, in your brain as well. So try and keep that clutter away. What else was there? Oh yeah, somebody talked about... All right, I'm totally lost in this, and they're big entries, so I can't just go through and read everything. I don't want to bore everybody to death, but um, I interviewed at this place where they had kind of a, almost like a, somebody referred to a dark room in one of these, and it was almost kind of like a dark room. Not a dark room like you're going to develop film in it, but it was the room was dark, and this is kind of how I learned at school, and I think this is why I work like this. Right now, I'm sitting in uh, the spare room of my house, which is my office, and I'm getting light only from three monitors. I got a laptop open and, and my two monitors from my main computer here. And this is pretty much how I work all the time. Probably not the best thing for my eyes. And again, not a good thing for color management or for, for color correction because everything is so dark and my monitors are so bright. It's really going to mess with my eyes. Uh, things are going to look more contrasty than they should. But this is pretty much how I work most of the time. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of color correction anyways, so I'm not really that concerned about that. Of course, if I'm making like web pages or something, it's not really going to matter all that much. But this this is kind of how I learned how to work at school because at school they got the overhead projector. They're showing you what they're doing and they need the room dark. So I just kind of got in this mode. Well, I went to apply for a job one time and noticed that there was like uh, a little room where all the designers worked and all the lights were off. And I thought that was the greatest thing because uh, there's something about it. There's something about working in the dark. I kind of get in the zone if everything's dark and I put my headphones on and listen to my, my music real loud. You kind of get in that zone and you can tune everything else out. And I really kind of like that. Uh, really has no bearing on anything. I just thought I'd bring it up because I like working like that. Anyways, uh, as far as your workspace, I mean, you need to make it function for you. Everybody likes something different, but the, the thing you're, I think you're trying to do is avoid distractions. Uh, one of the people at my work, she actually does a database administration. She is the only person in my work. All of our, our cubicle walls are about when you, when you sit down, they're about nose high. You can see people's head. Well, not if they're short, but you can see most people's heads over the top of the wall. She is the only one in that office that has walls that extend, you know, far enough up that if she's standing up, you still can't see her. And that is just how she prefers to work. She can't have people looking in. She can't, she doesn't like lots of noise while she's working, yet she doesn't wear headphones. So everybody likes something different and everybody has a way in which they work the best or maybe a time of the day in which, you know, that energy is just flowing and they can work really well. I work really well from about midnight to two o'clock. Uh, a lot of times on the weekends, I will stay up, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning and I get tons and tons of stuff done because I don't have any distractions at all. And I can really kind of zone in and focus on what I'm doing. Uh, you really need to find the optimal situation for yourself. How do you like to work? You know, is there a way that you can set up your workspace so that you can make it that productive so that you can eliminate distractions so that you can, uh, 
really zone in on what you're doing. And any way that you can do that, you need to do it. There's a, there's a couple of guys at my work that use the, they have the $300 Bose headphones that let absolutely no sound in. Uh, if you're really easily distracted by noises, maybe you need something like that. Uh, I'm sure there's cheaper ones than the $300 Bose ones, but um, maybe you need something that, that cancels the noise. Um, maybe you need big walls so you can't see people walking by. Some people just can't help, but you know, somebody's walking by, they got to start talking to them. Uh, again, I'm, I'm the type of person that kind of zones in on work when I go there. I'm not there to socialize. I'm there to uh, get work done. And of course that also stems from the fact that I don't really work with any other designers. If I had other designers that do the same thing that I do, I probably would get in a lot more conversations, but I'm not going to really uh, strike up conversations with marketing people because, uh, I don't really have that much to talk to them about except for work. Um, again, though, just finding that, that optimal situation for yourself, making sure that, that you're constantly inspired to work, that you're not feeling like you're trapped in, in a, a bad situation or in a, a cell, kind of like a cubicle to where that it makes you not want to work. It makes you not want to go to work. Uh, there's lots of reasons why you wouldn't want to go to work, but you should really try to make your, your workspace not one of those reasons. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. Our tip today is about communication. And this comes straight from uh, some problems I've been having at work with our marketing department. And... You know, you're not going to get along with everybody all the time. And if you work with a marketing department, you're probably not going to get along with them all that much at all. Uh, I just speak from experience on that one. But, you know, you're, you're not going to like the way things are run all the time, but you really have no control over it. And this really, really goes for freelance clients as well, because even more with freelance clients, they don't always know how to work with you. You're not always going to have a marketing person to work with you know, for your freelance clients. Like I said, you have those smaller clients, you might be dealing straight with the president and he doesn't know what you do. You don't know what he does. You guys don't know how to work together. So you really have to keep that communication going. Like I said, if something's not coming in in time, communicate it to them. Hey, I need this or we're not going to hit the deadline. Uh, that's just one of many examples though. Anything that you need from that person, you need to make sure that it's communicated well. Just like the fact that they need to communicate to you well what they're looking for from the project that they're giving you. What does it need to do? They need to give you that outline, that that plan of how things are supposed to work so you know what to do. Just think of it that way. I mean, if somebody gives you half the specs and tells you to do this job and you do it, and then you give it to them and, and they come back and say, this isn't what I wanted, well, you're saying, hey... It's because you didn't give me everything I needed to know. Well, think of it from their perspective. If you don't, if you don't help them to understand everything they need to know, then it's not going to work from their side either. So really got to keep that communication open. I think one of the most important things though is, and this is the problem that I have, you got to communicate when you need something. And it's not one of my strong points. And I don't like bugging people for stuff. Uh, especially when they have, you know, several other jobs to get done at the same time or before what I'm trying to get from them. But you really need to kind of not harp on them, but just remind them, you know, give them constant rem reminders. If we're going to hit this deadline, I need to get this thing right now. 
and uh, just keep those lines of communication open. The more you do, the more people are going to want to work with you because they know that you're very upfront with them and, and uh, you can lay out everything that you need and you can uh, help get through that project even better. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. For a resource today, we're going to go to a website called Omni Media Central. And this is actually something that's uh, put on by one of the listeners of this podcast. And he did me a little favor by making a nice little write-up about Rookie Designer. So I thought it only right to return the favor. You can find this website at omnimediacentral.com. And if you go there, you'll see he actually wrote a nice little thing. Awesome graphic design podcast and video podcast. Talking about us, of course. And thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, Like I say, you know, if you got a blog and uh, you want to blog about something cool, graphic design, please give me a little shout out. We can use all the help that we can get. But uh, some good resources here. He's got a couple of different things. Uh, He's got a resources section where he's got different places that you can go for things design, of course. There's member articles. There's not a whole lot on this site yet. It really is kind of just in its infancy, but it looks like it can be a, a really good community site again for designers. The more resources that we have out there, the more we participate in these things, and I always ask you to participate in my things, uh, the better it's going to be, you know, the, the more, like I said, the more people you can talk to about what we do, about what you do, the better off you're going to be. You're going to get all these different perspectives of, of how different people do different things. And it's really going to help you to grow as well. Um, anyways, links, there's new news feeds hooked up here as well. If you want to maybe learn about some new news feeds that you haven't checked out before, but uh, just a good resource that's, that's I think is going to build into something nice. Uh, OmniMediaCentral.com, uh, New Media Network Ideas Projects and Development. So go check that out and uh, support our buddy Cam. And thank you again, Cam, for uh, throwing a shout out to Rookie Designer. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Let me just uh, actually throw out a couple of thank yous, first of all. I finally found the email that the person sent me about the graduate school topic, and that was from Tony Fagolo. So thank you for sending that in, Tony. And uh, funny as it is, the person that told me that they couldn't read the survey and uh, actually got me on the uh, on the job to fix that was Tony Takashi. I think uh, I'm saying it right. So thank you to the other Tony. Uh, I don't do that enough. I I really need to single these people out that help me out and send me great topics and and that kind of thing. So I'll do my best to try and uh, write down the names as well with those things so I can thank you guys. But thank you for participating and and supporting this podcast and helping me out. You know, I don't always catch everything. I feel like I'm doing a million things at once all the time. So uh, uh, I really appreciate the help. All right. So before we get out of here, contact information. You can contact me via email at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookiedesigner. You can Skype me using the username titanstrides. And of course, you can go to the forum, rookiedesigner.com slash forum, sign up there and talk to lots and lots of design professionals. A couple of other things that are relatively new. Uh, we we changed quick tips for designers. The new name is App Clinic. 
And you can find that at appclinic.com. You can find the actual podcast, which is the same podcast, just in a new place. That's at appclinic.com slash screencast. And uh, I've also just added an archived episodes uh, page to that as well. So you can get all the archives actually right up on the, on the site now instead of having to go to rever.com like you did in the past. Uh, tell a friend program. Please tell anybody that you... Uh, think would enjoy this program, tell them about it, please. If you have something to share with me and with everybody else on the show, uh, please record something for me. Or if you can't record it, then just send it in an email, Word doc, InDesign doc, however you want to get it to me, just get it to me. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the emails that I get from everybody. And, and please be patient with me. You know, I'm, I'm always behind on my emails and everything else. But uh, thank you for those and thank you for spreading the word about Rick Designer and helping support us and everything that we do to to put out some great content on this show. Again, uh, there will be a contest coming with lots of great prizes that you can win. Just go to the support page and fill out the survey, listener survey. You'll be helping me out with that. And one more item here. I should have said this in the beginning, but if you sign up for the forum, sometimes it might take a day or two for me to get back to to actually approving that all the things have to go to me for approval and that's another way i can eliminate spam but sometimes i don't get to it right away and for instance i'm going out of town this weekend for the podcaster expo so uh, if you do sign up this weekend it probably is not going to get approved until sunday so uh, just be patient with me on that one as well and i think that's it so uh leave you with the the old tagline everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star that one's high it's got the distance it's high. everything's broken don't you cry it's all right and we both know why haven't got the right neither do i can't stop baby can't deny i'm sorry just feel good Said fuck you I wish that I could You hate me now I'll never hate you Can't stop blaming Can't blame you now Can't change the past It's over and done Can't trust the future It might never come Can't trust me Wish that you could Can't stop blaming Can't deny I'm sorry Does me no good Said I could You hate me now I'll never hate you Can't say I blame you Can't claim you Forgive and forget Somehow I don't think you will I'll be afraid As long as I live But I can't go back And I can't stand down